The extension of Winnipeg's schedule to finish Friday, May 14th, and the condensed schedule last week that had the traditional Central Division teams, the ones that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22, all playing different teams over three divisions that play like they have all season, contributes to my decision to have Winnipeg as a standalone edition again this week. The Discover Central is going to wrap up on Monday night. Meanwhile, Winnipeg's going to have an additional couple games after that later on this week. Winnipeg clinched its official ticket to the postseason and ended their season-high seven-game losing streak. Given what I said in the last edition, the question was, was it actually too soon to have started winning again? Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week, Touch of True North Edition. Central Division Hockey, the podcast, is a look at the eight teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22 with the lone Canadian team, Winnipeg, of them this year playing up north. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. Winnipeg, in their lone win this week, clinched a spot in the North Division playoffs. Otherwise, it was another trying week as far as points as the home-and-home with Ottawa resulted in a pair of losses split up by the road game win in Calgary. I don't want to repeat myself from last week. I also came to the realization when putting Winnipeg alone because of how the North Division regular season schedule adjustments just didn't fit into the Discover Central or West Division additions. This North Division thing, like all the interdivisional play, is its own thing. Winnipeg's regular season, in a way, has an additional week compared with the Discover Central. That's why it's still separated this week and going forward. The Discover Central I can pretty much wrap up in an exhibition. From my perspective of watching three of the four divisions this season, the West, Discover Central, and North Division, there's one big false narrative out there that one division's top teams are better than another's. They're not. By the time we get to the conference final stage, whatever that is, because the four divisions can meet another one based on points, from my understanding, based on how they all finish the regular season. Well, it's not the conference finals that we all traditionally know anyways, as far as I understand. But let's just save that discussion for another day. Here's how it relates to Winnipeg. I have actually watched the North Division second least only to the East Division this season, save for some New York Ranger-Washington highlights recently. I haven't watched the East Division at all. Want the most unbiased opinion on that uh, Washington Ranger situation? That would be a good choice. For the simple reason, I have zero vested interest in the East Division, but I know my hockey. I could look at the chain of events more objectively, I think, than anyone. Of course, no one asked me, so back to the point. I haven't watched the North Division much, save for a handful of games after all the games Winnipeg has played of their 56-game schedule. The realization is in covering three Discover Central Division teams and four West Division teams in the Focus podcast, I watched way more of those two divisions. I actually have a better idea of Vegas, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida than I do of Calgary, Montreal, and Edmonton by comparison, and that other Canadian team, I couldn't be bothered to say the name. So I definitely have a North Division overall blind spot, other than how Winnipeg plays and how they play against any one of the North Division teams. When it comes playoff time, 
and will simply focus attention on the matchup Winnipeg has. That was the plan all along. A matchup that remains undetermined with a few games to go. You can honestly say that this is kind of an underwhelming addition, as is the next one. The reason I say that, there really isn't much to determine as far as Winnipeg being in and out of the playoffs, nor their seeding, as I will explain to you later on. So we're kind of going through the motions, much like the Winnipeg team is, waiting for the playoffs to begin. The other North Division matchup, whatever it is, I honestly will have a blind spot on. So given it's the Canadian Division, you can definitely find way more purported experts on any of those North Division teams, actually including Winnipeg. If you can mine your way through a lot of the false narratives, you might find some valuable content too. I liken it to a 5 to 1 ratio for Canadian markets, one quality opinion out of five on the subject that ultimately explains how this do-it-yourself divisional podcast came into existence. Remove the hometown heartstrings and the homer bias of any sport market and find out what competitively is and isn't true from a broader context of that league and then bring that back to the single team you're looking at. Winnipeg, in the worst losing streak in recent memory, not just this season, over more than just this season, what follows isn't going to be doom and gloom. It's more accurately should be Winnipeg's playoff slogan, nothing to lose. Here's an expanded look of where Winnipeg sits in the North Division standings heading into Monday's game versus Vancouver. Winnipeg a 5-6-7 point percentage a third. Since the last podcast, 1-2-0. Overall, 28-22-3. 53 games played, 59 points. 160 goals for, 149 goals against. A plus 11 goal differential. Looking at the game recaps, Winnipeg's losing streak reached 7 games in a loss in Ottawa. Let's look at the game summary. Monday, May the 3rd, 2-1 loss versus Ottawa. 6-13 into the first. Winnipeg's Mark Scheifele hits the short side post from the circle. 8-56 left. Winnipeg's Paul Statsny's power play shot pad save is made by Ottawa goalie Philip Augustuson. Ottawa get a shorthanded goal, 2-on-1. Low blocker side lifted that beats Winnipeg goalie Laurent Bressois. 1-0 Ottawa after 1. 1.27 into the second. Winnipeg's Pierre-Luc Dubois is stopped by a pad save on a power play chance. 9.03 in Winnipeg Scheifele's pass backdoor to Josh Morrissey stopped short side, but he draws an Ottawa penalty. 5.29 left Winnipeg's Trevor Lewis. Net front deflection rings the far side post after beating Ottawa goalie Gustafson 5-hole. Winnipeg holds a 23-10 Shot on goal advantage through two periods and trail one to nothing still. 9.02 into the third. Winnipeg's Manny Perot and Ottawa's Josh Brown get rough penalties behind the play as they wrestle each other. Four on four, 9.46 in Winnipeg's Morrissey. Top of circle gets a shot through over the pad and under the blocker that Ottawa goalie Gustafson gets a piece of before it trickles in for a Winnipeg goal. 1.20 left. Winnipeg goalie Bressois makes a big slot save. 1.13 left. Ottawa goal from the top of the circle. Far side roof as Winnipeg off a rebound can't get control of the puck in their defensive zone. 20 seconds left. Winnipeg's Boyke Wheeler drives to the Ottawa net and is stopped trying to go short side. 29-18 shots for Winnipeg in the 2-1 loss. Winnipeg 0 for 6. Ottawa 0 for 3 on the power play. Winnipeg goalie Bressois 2 goals against 16 saves and loss. Winnipeg game perspective. 5-on-5. Five five. Winnipeg was a better team while Ottawa goalie Gustafson was stellar making the key saves and Winnipeg had more of the quality scoring chances. Winnipeg also did nothing with six power play opportunities and the late Ottawa goal against was just being 
out-competed for a loose puck in the Jets' defensive zone after Brassois made a big save. That seconds later, same puck was in the back of the Winnipeg net. Winnipeg was goalied in this game, but they also lost the special teams. Ottawa's first goal was also a shorty in addition to Winnipeg's power play, adding no goals in a game. They needed at least one more goal in. Winnipeg puts an end to the losing streak on the road in Calgary and clinch a playoff spot. Here's the game summary. Wednesday made a fifth 4 nothing win at Calgary. 109 into the first Winnipeg open scoring on a 3-on-1 keep by Adam Lowry. Far side Rister from the circle beats Calgary goalie Jacob Markstrom. 529 left the Calgary power play slot shot off a Winnipeg player stopped by Winnipeg goalie Connor Halbeck. 1-0 Winnipeg after 1. 5.33 into the second Winnipeg shorthanded goal after Calgary has a neutral zone turnover on the power play. Zone entry for a 2-on-1 breakaway for Adam Lowry for his second as he goes backhand 5-hole. 5.58 in Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck makes a short-handed shoulder save on Calgary. 114 left Winnipeg goal. Blake Wheeler, partial breakaway, drives the net and lifts a backhand blocker side. 3-0 Winnipeg through two. 302 into the third Winnipeg power play goal. Blake Wheeler down low, takes it net side rather than pass it out front. He goes cross crease with the puck to a backhand in a goal. 648 in Calgary's a net front chance. Backhand is stopped by Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck. 936 left Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck slot save on Calgary on a four-minute power play advantage. One of five key saves on that kill made by Hellebuck. 49 seconds left. Winnipeg's Andrew Kopp awarded a penalty shot as he is hauled down on a partial breakaway. Kopp tries to go glove side on the shot, but is stopped. Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck makes 32 saves for his third shutout in Winnipeg's 4-0 win and the game that clinches their spot in the North Division playoffs. Winnipeg, 19 shots on goal. Winnipeg one for three. Calgary over five on the power play. Winnipeg's game perspective, everything went right for Winnipeg and Calgary. Goals off the rush that have been a rare sight to see this year. Special teams, both the penalty kill and power play contributing, while goalie Connor Helbuck stops everything put his way by Calgary. However, it wasn't as perfect as the game sheet makes it look. Winnipeg was opportunistic while not putting up less than 20 shots on goal, so they did give run support for Hellebuck. They also made him make a lot more saves to get the shutout. The last line of defense, Hellebuck, masks some of the concerns that still plague a Winnipeg team in spite of this rare win. It's Saturday. The game is on Hockey Night in Canada against the lowly Sens who just happened to come into the game 7-2-1 now that they've been officially eliminated from the playoffs. And including the Monday win, Ottawa in Winnipeg in their last 10 was 7-2-1. Let's look at the summary. Saturday, May 8th, 4-2 loss versus Ottawa. 6-43 into the first Winnipeg's Pierre-Luc Dubois shot on the power play goes off. Ottawa goalie Philip Gustafson and the post. 7-11 in Winnipeg's Adam Lowry after the power play has expired has a rebound slot chance stopped. 9-24 in Winnipeg's Mark Scheifele hits the short side post. 10-13 in Ottawa, open the scoring on a point shot deflection that beats Winnipeg goalie Connor Hellebuck glove side. 8-31 left, Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck plays the puck up the boards where Ottawa keeps it in at the blue line and the Winnipeg defensive zone. An Ottawa point shot is deflected by Tim Stutzla in the high slot for an Ottawa goal, far side blocker, top corner. 2-0 Ottawa after 1 
Winnipeg having a 10 to 5 shot on goal advantage. 55 seconds into the second, Winnipeg's number 55 steals a puck down low after Mason Appleton from the sidewall puts it to the Ottawa defensive zone corner. Shifley passes from below the goal line to the slot where Appleton gets a Winnipeg goal above the pad blocker side. 238 in Winnipeg's Trevor Lewis wraparound stopped. 48 seconds left, Winnipeg's Kyle Connor gets a pass all alone net front, but he can't put it in glove side on a big save by Ottawa goalie Gustafson after an Ottawa defensive zone turnover. 2-1, Ottawa through 2. 5-11 into the third, Ottawa goal off the cycle, Stutzla's second from the low circle, put far side shelf. 9.33 left, Winnipeg jammed the Ottawa net for a rebound after Winnipeg's Andrew Kopp's shot on goal. They can't score. 8.10 left, Ottawa's Stutzla looking for the hat trick, stopped twice net side by Winnipeg goalie Hellbuck. 7.45 left, Winnipeg's Dubois can't go short side. 53 seconds left after retrieving his stick, knocked out of his hands and ending up in the defensive zone during his shift. Winnipeg Shifley works through the neutral zone on a give and go with Blake Wheeler, who sends a sauce pass to Shifley to set up a partial breakaway that ends in Shifley's short side lifter goal. Ottawa's Stutzla completes his first NHL hat-trick with an empty net power play goal with six seconds left in Ottawa's 4-2 win. 29-23 shots. Winnipeg, Winnipeg 0 for 2. Ottawa 1 for 2 on the power play. Winnipeg goalie, Hellebuck 3 goals against and 19 saves in a loss. Winnipeg game perspective, if not for a pair of slot deflections in the first, it's quite possible Winnipeg wins this game. However, Winnipeg didn't. By falling behind while outshooting Ottawa in the first and not getting any special team goals, Winnipeg couldn't come back in the game. By the way, as for Hellebuck and his passing it to the blue line on the second goal, Hockey Night in Canada's analyst Greg Millen said Vili Hanella was out of position on that play. However, I think Hellebuck probably could have just left the puck so that Hanola could have went around and skated it out of the zone. However, he was kind of lost in no man's land with a goalie that generally doesn't play the puck. If anything, Hellebuck got it too far up the boards as Winnipeg's forwards are at the hash marks in the defensive zone this season never at the blue line so he overshot his own player in trying to get it out of the zone and that's why Ottawa was able to keep it in but that forward that's where he's supposed to be at the hash marks the fact that it went past him simply it's to say that Hanola shouldn't be where the forward is in the identical spot with both of them standing there but it's not like Greg Millen actually knows what Winnipeg is supposed to do in the defensive zone in as much as I haven't been a fan of that defensive zone scheme for much of this season either Winnipeg's overall analysis first of all let's preface this because we've got six games if we didn't do a podcast in between three and three that's the reason why we've got the podcast here although it doesn't feel like there's much new to add to the conversation from previous podcasts. So two weeks ago, let's go back and I talked about the importance of entering the playoffs on a win streak versus not entering it on a win streak and specifically to Winnipeg and how usually Winnipeg enters the playoffs matters. Fact, this year's Winnipeg team is not going to enter on much of a win streak or one at all. So I will sound like a bit of a contradiction to myself of two weeks ago. 
I used the years prior to the pause and playoff bubble edition when sharing that, meaning we went back further than last season. And at least this year's playoffs follow a regular season, unlike the 2019-20 expanded NHL playoffs were. The theory of Winnipeg playing good down the stretch and playing good in the playoffs also then did not precede a regular season like this one either. There really isn't a previous season that mirrors this one as far as the interdivisional play going into a postseason and certainly the pause last year also makes it kind of anomaly as well however this might be the winnipeg team to break some tired winnipeg years held onto playoff narratives the one that winnipeg can't beat edmonton being top of mind Winnipeg, to me, has had a lock on a playoff spot for quite some time of this season in the North Division, and that probably wasn't a good thing. Not sure there was an urgency at any point that the team would have trouble clinching their ticket to the postseason. Think about it. Winnipeg, in losing eight of the last nine games, and all the while, they can't even fall on the third spot in the division, let alone miss the playoffs. How a team could manufacture the urgency under those conditions, when I bet to a man in that dressing room, all they really care about is not repeating the quick exit of a year ago to Calgary in the postseason. And they've secured the opportunity to do that with quite a lot of games left to play and that's where i got to where this almost feels like a throwaway edition except for the fact that i don't want to put six winnipeg games into a single podcast at the end of the season look we can over analyze this past week or the upcoming remaining games that only one is against a team that will be in the north division playoffs winning this week wasn't going to impress me any more than losing upset me the upcoming week won't either it's kind of Uh, How are they playing through it? And that sounds a lot like Winnipeg coach Paul Maurice, which is kind of strange to admit. I don't know. I watched Nashville beat Carolina the other day. Dallas beat Tampa Bay finally in, uh, at the time, must-win game before they were eliminated. And Arizona beat Vegas a week ago. The team comfortably in the playoffs in all those cases was playing a desperate team or an eliminated one that had no pressure. Well, the scores don't reflect how those teams would play each other in a playoff series against each other at all. The perspective on it has to count. No one's going to disagree that Winnipeg hasn't played their best hockey, but there is a belief that they have another level, and they could find it. There is not a lot of evidence to support that they will find it come playoff time. In fact, it looks like simply Montreal will lose itself into the fourth and final playoff spot in the North Division, regardless of Winnipeg not winning much down the stretch either. Winnipeg has the players who, as long as they are healthy, can elevate their game in the postseason. Mark Shifley is one name that comes to mind. A lot of people that watched Columbus last year know that Pierre-Luc Dubois was quite good in the playoffs as well, and there are others. Winnipeg will have a terrible head-to-head record for the regular season versus Edmonton, the likely first-round matchup. But the 1-4 versus matchup 
if Winnipeg could have fallen to that spot, wasn't anything to write home about either. And that narrative is what's going to be dangerous in simply writing off Winnipeg come playoff time. It's too obvious a choice. The team actually has as good a roster as any of the North teams. If they start winning, it can swing exactly the opposite way of this lengthy losing strength. You think Edmonton is worried about Winnipeg? They're probably not. But if they were to get down a game or two games in a series, the team expected to win, the one with the pressure is Edmonton. Winnipeg is going to have none going in. Also, finishing third or fourth, Winnipeg won't enjoy home ice advantage. And of course, Winnipeg was better this year on the road anyways. So we can almost look at that as a benefit. I just know early in the year, I was saying the only way Nashville, for example, could win was by getting above average goaltending. And then from March on, UC Saros came back from an injury and Nashville made the playoffs on the backs of his above average goaltending. There was no precedent in UC Saros's career stats to suggest that he could have a stretch like the one he just did. And it came out of nowhere. Winnipeg is a better overall team than Nashville this year, hands down. If Winnipeg can play to their potential that the team has when it gets to the playoffs, I won't be surprised if they go on a win streak when it actually matters. If they don't, well, they just did what everyone expected. As for the last three regular season games, I just hope Winnipeg enters the playoff as healthy as possible. They clinched the playoff spot, so I haven't been overly concerned about getting too caught up in the scores of the games. I don't think they are playing bad. I don't think they're playing great. And also, like most of the season, whether they were winning or losing, I kept saying I know this team can play better. Will they? They have no one expecting they will, and maybe that's what they can forge a playoff path of success around. Winnipeg's team metrics... Winnipeg remains 12th in goals scored in the league at 3.02 goals per game. The power play remains 4th at 23.9 success percentage from the last podcast. Goals allowed improve 3 spots to a tie for 12th at 2.77. The shots allowed is 30.6 per game, staying 21st. The penalty kill is tied for 15th, up 3 spots at a 79.9% kill rate. Winnipeg's useless factoid. Scoring by committee, eight of Winnipeg's top nine forwards have now scored double digits in goals this season. The 20-plus club includes Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, and Mark Shifley. Andrew Kopp has 15 goals, Paul Statsy and Blake Wheeler 13. Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton reached 10. The group very well may finish with nine, but it's possible with as many as 10 forwards and double digits. Both Pierre-Luc Dubois and Matty Perot sit at nine apiece. Dubois also appeared in 10 less games this season, although it's technically eight goals with Winnipeg since being traded to the team. He had one with Columbus early before the trade. I still think he can get a pair to remove even the technicality of his inclusion in the double-digit goal club for Winnipeg. Winnipeg has a more balanced attack offensively than they are often given credit for, which is the point of why I'm telling you all this. Thumbs up. Adam Lowry was full marks upon his return. 
In Winnipeg's lone win to clinch a playoff spot, he had two goals, one of them shorthanded, and added an assist for a 3.9. The goals also put Winnipeg up 2 to nothing in a game, and let's just say it was quite a while prior to that Winnipeg was playing with the two-goal lead heading into the back half of a game. So far back, I actually didn't want to actually go and figure out when it last was, to be honest with you. Thumbs down, Winnipeg leading goal scorer Kyle Connor currently is on a goalless drought at seven games and counting. He is due, and he is a talented forward, and seeing him get a goal or two before the playoffs start would be good to see, especially after he didn't have such a great playoff bubble playoffs last season. And one more thing. This is for the Matty Perot analytic theory of additional time on ice will lead to more production. Seven of the last ten where Perot hasn't scored his current goal is streak, he has played over 13 plus minutes time on ice per game. He has two goals in the 12 games played when he's played over 13 minutes for a 16.6% average production. In the 41 games played under 13 minutes, he has scored his other seven goals for a slightly higher 17.1% average production. The additional time on ice, as I have said, does not lead to additional goal scoring production because a lot more factors in than expected goal production models can truly put in the equation, like the quality of the opposition's fourth line matchups playing down the lineup, versus his ability to play against the opposition's better players when he is being put up in the lineup, or simply that his production is maximized with the energy he has in playing fewer minutes, much like a comparative Colorado's Matt Calvert would be. In other news, very notable, goalie Connor Halbuck and defenseman Neil Pionk are listed day-to-day with undisclosed injuries. Out for the remainder of the regular season, Nick Ehlers' upper body. Ehlers has begun skidding this past week. He was not in contact drills. Long-term injury reserve, left-hand defenseman Nathan Beaulieu, upper body and center Brian Littlehead. Up next, three games Monday, Tuesday at Vancouver, Friday versus the overhyped other Canadian team. The home record for Winnipeg 11-12-2 away, 17-10-1 for the season. In order for Winnipeg to finish fourth, they would have to lose all three of their games remaining and have Montreal pick up three points in the two games left against Edmonton. So it's pretty safe to say Winnipeg should finish third, even if they were to lose all three games even. Winnipeg's divisional rivals in under two minutes standings are following Saturday night's North Division games. The Overhyped other Canadian team remains atop the North with a 704 point percentage. This past week, they solidified the first seed for the North Division playoffs. The overhyped other Canadian team will meet Winnipeg one more time to end the regular season. You can tell how excited I am about that team. Edmonton is second in the North Division with a 642 point percentage. Edmonton has nine more points than Winnipeg, having played the same number of games. So they will begin the North Division playoffs as the second seed. Winnipeg can't catch them, and Edmonton can't catch first. While Montreal, who remain fourth currently at a 528 point percentage, remain two points back of Winnipeg. Montreal, of course, has a one less game to play. Montreal still, again, has yet to clinch an official playoff spot. I think they need to get a single point to mathematically eliminate Vancouver or Calgary or both those teams to lose one more game each 
for Montreal to qualify somewhere in the math there that's how it will work out Montreal's two remaining games are again against Edmonton and it's possible Edmonton wins them both it's also extremely likely even if Winnipeg doesn't win the rest of the regular season that they will be the third place north seed and meet Edmonton Calgary is fifth with a 461 point percentage Ottawa sixth with a 454 point percentage and Vancouver seventh by a point percentage mark of 439 either of the two of three Calgary or Vancouver teams currently under 500 needing to win out to tie and get in based on a tiebreaker is really unrealistic so I just don't think it's happening thanks for listening to Central Division Hockey the podcast this week touch of true north edition I'm Tim Bigelow final podcast thoughts Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler shared a milestone in the Calgary 4-0 win Wheeler's second goal of the night was the 800th point of his NHL career Mark Shifley meanwhile had the primary assist on the play for his 500th career point what they do with the puck i don't know maybe cut it in half you also would have thought with the amount of ratio of assists to goals that it would have been wheeler assisting on a shifley goal it's kind of interesting that milestone was the reversal shifley assisting on a wheeler goal 